Welcome to Day 44 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul Kemp. I'm here with Cindy Kemp and David Keefe. We're reading through the Gospel of Luke. We find ourselves in the final week before the cross. Jesus has told his disciples on a couple of occasions that uh, he must go to Jerusalem and he must be uh, seized and beaten and crucified uh, by the teachers of the law. So we see Jesus teaching in Jerusalem, and we also see Jesus facing intense opposition in the city of Jerusalem. And as we turn to uh, chapter 22, we come to the moment of his betrayal in in the middle of a beautiful uh, Passover celebration with his disciples as uh, Jesus gets ready for the cross. So before we uh, read from Luke 22, let's uh, give our hearts and uh, offer this moment to the Lord. David, do you mind leading us in prayer? No, I don't. Let's pray. Father, we do um, offer this time to you. We thank you so much that we can come to your word and that we can read it and that we can look to it and see Jesus. And so this morning, um, as we look to your scriptures, may they renew and and restore our hearts in the good news of what Christ has done. And Father, may we leave here more in love with him and with a deep desire to go and to live out what it means to follow Christ here and now. And so, Father, be with us this morning. Um, help us to see Jesus more clearly. We pray this all in his name. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 22. Now the festival of unleavened bread, called the Passover, was approaching, and the chief priests and the teachers of the law were looking for some way to get rid of Jesus, for they were afraid of the people. Then Satan entered Judas, called Iscariot, one of the twelve. And Judas went to the chief priest and the officers of the temple guard and discussed with them how he might betray Jesus. They were delighted and agreed to give him money. He consented and watched for an opportunity to hand Jesus over to them when no crowd was present. Then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John saying, go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. What do you want us to prepare for it, they asked. He replied, as you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters and say to the owner of the house, the teacher ask, where is the guest room where I meet the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, all furnished. Make preparations there. They left and found things just as Jesus had told them, so they prepared the Passover. When the hour came, Jesus and the apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said to them, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks and broke it. And he gave it to them. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The same way after the supper, he took the cup saying, This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. But the hand of him who is going to betray me is with mine on the table. The Son of Man will go as it has been decreed, but woe to the man who betrays him. They begin to question among themselves which of them it might be who would do this. A dispute also arose among them as to which of them was considered to be greatest. Jesus said to them, The king of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest, and the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who is at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. 
You are those who have stood by me in my trials, and I confer upon you a kingdom, just as my Father conferred one on me, so that you may eat and drink my table at the kingdom, and sit on thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as of wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail, and when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. Then Jesus asked them, when I sent you without a purse or bags or sandals, did you lack anything? Nothing, they answered. He said to them, but now if you have a purse, take it, also a bag. And if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. It is written, and he was numbered with the transgressors. And I tell you that this must be fulfilled in me. Yes, what is written about me is reaching its fulfillment. Then the disciples said, See, Lord, here are two swords. That's enough, he replied. You have a beautiful moment. You have a, a sad moment. And uh, even in the middle of the, the sad moment, you have the continued you know, misunderstanding of the disciples. They're not you know, quite capturing you know, what it is you know, that Jesus is trying you know, to tell them. So even when he talks to them about, uh, you know, about greatness in the kingdom of heaven, they're just not you know, quite getting it. So what are some of the things that stand out as you, as you read this passage? I mean, one of the things is, is definitely as we kind of see them preparing for the Passover, which you know, for the people of Israel would have been that celebration of what God had done in rescuing them out of Egypt, we get to see here is Jesus, who is a, what, what a greater deliverance, what a greater deliverer. Um, even, you know, as, as, as Paul called him, you know, Christ, our Passover lamb. And so as the Passover is being prepared, how they would normally celebrate that Jesus begins connecting it to himself as his body being broken and his blood being spilled. And so just love getting to see Christ um, coming in and fulfilling the true Passover. Yeah, and beautiful little, you know, uh, beautiful little double meaning there in verse 7. Uh, then came the day of unleavened bread on what's a Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Mm-hmm. And of course, we're talking about the necessity of our our Lord's sacrifice, you know, as, as well. And of course, before you have that moment, you have you know the moment you know of of betrayal. Uh, the chief priests and the teachers of law uh, have hated how the crowds have loved Jesus, and they want to do something about it, but they're deeply afraid of the crowds, and they're looking for a way. And Judas offers them a way. I can take you to a secret place, and I can, mm-hmm. and uh, whenever he's, he's no crowds are around, and I can take you into the intimate inner circle, and there you can have him. It's heartbreaking. And then it's kind of cool how, um, you know, they ask him, what do we do to prepare? And he gives them very specific, you know, very specific instructions, and they don't think twice about that, you know. I, I love how they distrust him and then how, you know, go to the city, talk to this man carrying a water jar, and he will, you know, tell you where to go, and it was just perfect. No, it's so, it, and of course that's that. happened. You know, it happened already. <laughs> yeah. When they said, you know, go find a cult and start to untie it, and as you start to untie right. it, if someone asks you, tell them the Lord has need of it. Mm-hmm. And so you see him, uh, you know, already. You, you see him, you know, uh, in, in you see him knowing intimately what's about to happen mm-hmm. and instructing them in such a way that should be reassuring to them. Yeah, that's what that I'm That this thinking. is not a moment mm-hmm. that's out of control. This is a moment that is deeply in his sovereign control. Mm-hmm. And all things, you know, are entrusted to him, you know, by the Lord. And he is entrusting himself, you know, to the Lord or to the Heavenly Father. So it is a, it is a beautiful picture 
of preparing the preparing the upper room. I love that reminder as well. Yeah, exactly what you're saying, Paul. That not just like the cross is the plan of the Father, but everything leading up to it. Even these little details yeah. are these reminders that God's still in control. That His things He's even spoken of beforehand, where He, you know, he even quotes Isaiah 53 later on. Um, it was written about me. These things need to be fulfilled. That God is very much in control, even with the betrayal, and even with seemingly the disciples' focus on who's the greatest, and just so off focus that God's still completely in control. Mm-hmm. which is very reassuring and gives now, us all the hope. And it's the nice little touches, you know, that God often gives us are just a reminder that he is there, that he is in control. Something we, we ought to have, you know, as a firm affirmation of our faith every moment of every day, but sometimes in his gentleness, it just, you know, kind of arranges the details of our life so that we look up and we see him and we see his presence. And, of course, he is doing that, you know, for the disciples as, as he does, as he does that, you'll notice in Luke you have uh, you have a cup, you have bread, and then you have cup, and we're not used to that because we always do bread mm-hmm. and a cup. If you did the Passover, you know the the Passover celebration, as we find it, you know, just a few years after you know Jesus's, uh, you know Jesus's life, death, and ministry, there there were four separate cups of blessing, and of course it would have been four different you know prayers. And on the two cups, on the two last cups, he finds significance, you know, in, in himself. One is, you know, the cup of the future of the coming kingdom, and the other is the final, you know, the cup of a blessing, uh, of the cup of the covenant, mm-hmm. where his blood seals seals the covenant. Mm-hmm. So you have a, a nice, and I've always, you know, I've always loved the phrase, uh, you guys do not know how long I've longed to mm-hmm. share this meal with you, uh, both for its significance and for into the fact that it's bringing to completion God's plan of redemption, you know, through the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then both times even saying, I won't drink or eat again until it's, um, you know, it's fulfilled in the kingdom of God. So he is that fulfillment. Yeah, that always, I I love that. Mm -hmm. And uh, as we remind our people here, you know, whenever we do, you know, the little bitty tiny wafers (laughs) and the little, you know, very little taste you know, of grape juice, that that is not Jewish tradition at all. Mm, you no, know, there have been a lavish celebration, you know, of bread and, and, and of wine. And you would have had the smells, and you would have had the celebration, and you would have the entire table, you know, dressed out. And you would have, you know, just a sense of anticipation. And, and so our little taste of, you know, bread and our little taste of wine is is just kind of a reminder that we've had a small taste of what is yet to come mm-hmm. in, in Christ Jesus. Uh, the wedding banquet that we will celebrate with him in his presence. Yeah, how exciting to think that one day we will get to do this with him again yeah. and how much more yeah. grand it's going to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we you know celebrated here in non-COVID you know, times. Yeah. <laughs> we celebrate it, you know, as you, as you come to the front and as, you know, we hold in the hand, our hands a cup and you pick up the bread and you dip it in and you, you know, partake of it. How cool will it be to receive that one day from the hands of Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, himself. And uh, we do look forward to that day and to everything that that day entails for us as his followers. And that's why it's so fun to do it, you know, here as part of the body of Christ, just to remember Absolutely. and to anticipate. And then even as the disciples began kind of arguing amongst themselves, you know, who is the greatest, Jesus, you know, reiterates things he's been saying all throughout Luke, mm-hmm. a little bit differently, but still mm-hmm. very consistently. And he even says of himself, you know, but I am among you 
as one who serves, which I know in, in Matthew's gospel, you know, he says the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve and, and to give his life as a ransom, which we're about to see. And so we see Jesus's focus on serving and his call for his people to, to be the same. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, Luke arranges these two panels wonderfully. You go from the question, you know, that uh, the hand of the one who will betray me shares with mine here at the table. And uh, they begin to look at themselves and say, Lord, is it me? Lord, is it me? Yeah. And quickly from being concerned whether or not they will betray the Lord, yeah. say, wait a minute, there's no way it could be me. I'm, I'm pretty great. <laughs> I'm a big deal. <laughs> I'm pretty great here in the kingdom. And, uh, you know, I'm sure there's a lot more conversation that took place. But for Luke, it's ironic that they could go from, you know, the question of his betrayal to how they would become great within the kingdom, you know, the kingdom of heaven. And of course, he tells them the only way you can become great is by getting over yourself. Mm-hmm. And then even Simon, even yeah. Jesus tells him beforehand, like Satan asked us if you like wheat, I pray for you that your faith may not fail. And then when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. And, and Simon, Peter still, no, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. And we'll see just coming up, right? Mm-hmm. It's a little girl at first that he begins to deny the Christ. And so even in our strength, um, we, we can't hold up, but thanks thankful so much for mm-hmm. the strength Christ gives us to be his people. I want to think that he's um, at the right hand of the Father even praying for us, you know, which makes me think, you know, a similar prayer. Oh, yeah, that that's exactly right. Our faith. And as bad that. as it was going to be for, for Simon, mm-hmm. the one thing that kept it from being ultimate, mm-hmm. you know, was the Lord that interceded yes. for him. Mm-hmm. And the Lord does live to intercede for us, mm-hmm. and it is a wonderful, you know, promise you know that he is he is keeping us he is the one who keeps us and he is the one who makes us stand and he is the one who gives us the gift of perseverance even as he challenges us to do all of those things to stand and to keep ourselves Mm -hmm. and to persevere Mm -hmm. he by his spirit praying for us pulling for us and enabling us to be and do everything that he has called us to and of course i i like you know not just a sense of doom there but the sense of Mm -hmm. hope yeah he ends when you've turned back yeah. or when you've repented. Yeah. You know, the words, you know, when you, when in your sorrow you realize what you've come and you turn back to me, realize I've still got a call in your life, strengthen your brothers. Yeah, and it's that repentance and that turning back to Jesus that it doesn't just stop with Peter, but mm-hmm. it's the kind of idea of disciples making disciples of the very thing Christ is doing and you go and, and help others do the same. And so we want to be a people who not just love Jesus and turn to him, but want to help others do the very same thing. Mm-hmm. And he gives them the opposite instructions he's given them before, you know, to take only, you know, one cloak and to yeah. not take a purse and not to take a sword. Mm-hmm. And here, you know, he's telling them it is going to be tough, that mm-hmm. people will not necessarily want to provide for you and that you may have to defend yourself. And of course, I find two swords in the middle, you know, of, of all of that. So we're good to go. We got two <laughs> two swords. Uh, and, uh, and Jesus said, "No, that that that's plenty. That's I don't even know if I trust you guys with those two swords." Well, coming up, it gets yes, a little hairy. Exactly. <laughs> they said that they haven't quite understood the sword thing, and 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 where you know where it does indeed occur. And of course, we never see in the book of Acts or the rest of the Gospels, you know, the apostles using a sword. It's just a, you know, largely a figure of speech. You're going to have to watch your back. Yeah. Because people will pursue you, persecute you, and uh, you'll follow 
follow in my footsteps, but I'll be with you every step of the way. Mm-hmm. Nice passage, as the entire Gospel of Luke has been. Yes. Cindy, do you mind closing us with a word of prayer? No. Father, we do thank you for the incredible life of your son, Jesus. And Scripture would tell us that he hung between transgressors, Lord, that he took the sin, our sin, um, the very transgressors, Father, who put him on that cross. And, Father, he was delighted to do that. He was delighted to follow um, your will, and he was delighted to be obedient and lay down his, his life. So, Father, just may this impact us today to realize how deeply we're loved and cared for and how... Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father, and He is praying for us even now. May that just cause us to stop on our tracks and realize, Father, all that He has done for us and continues to do. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.